chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. If you've got a Bible with you, go ahead and turn there. If you don't, we'll have the verses on the screen. I want to talk to you today about a very simple topic. As you move forward. As you move forward. You know, for me, probably my favorite verse in the entire Bible is Philippians 3.13. And I'm going to paraphrase it and put it in my own words. That basically... Paul said this, one thing I do. How many of you like simplicity? You like simplicity? You know, sometimes we can make church and walking with God so difficult. Some churches have a thousand rules. And if you've got Pharisees, you've got 10,000 rules. But you know, one thing I like is I like simplicity. And Paul said, one thing I do. Now, I'm a simple kind of a guy. I'm a little bit ADD. I don't like meetings. I don't like to sit for an hour and a half and discuss things. It's like, you know what, let's do this in 20 minutes and be out of here and God will be glorified. You know, so that's just kind of how I'm wired. And by the way, it is Sunday morning. Uh, it is first service. The rain does affect your emotions. So elbow somebody next to you and say, wake up and pay attention because pastor's got something important to say. Okay. So, so I want you to stay with me. In this verse of scripture, Paul says, one thing I do. I forget what's behind I don't live in the past. I forget what's behind and I reach forward to the things that God has placed in front of me. See, that passage of scripture saved my life and changed my life when I was going through the most difficult stretch of my life to realize it's God's concept. It's God's idea that when one season comes to an end, a new season is about to begin. Now, as human beings, it's our nature. We don't like change. Now, some of us do, but most of us don't like change. We like the old season. You know, we want to live in the old thing. Oh, the old thing was so good. The truth of the matter is we're just comfortable with the old thing. But when seasons change, we have to turn loose of what's behind and reach forward to what God has next for us. Regardless of where you've been, what you've done, how many mistakes you've made, how broken you may be, or how wonderful the past has been. Regardless of all of that, God has plans for you. He has a mission for you to walk into next. God always has the next thing in front of us. So when you choose to pursue the future that God has planned for you, there's some things that you need to know. And we're going to look at five things real quickly in Joshua chapter 1 today. Five things you need to know as you move forward forward. Number one, look at Joshua chapter one, verses one and two. Let's follow along together. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, verse two, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Now, to set this up today, probably the greatest figure in the Old Testament, and I know some would have their own opinion, but when it comes to leadership, probably the greatest figure in the Old Testament would be Moses. God gave him the law. He led the children of Israel out of Egypt's bondage all the way to the edge of the promised land. He pastored them for 40 years knowing they weren't going anywhere. He was an amazing guy. Moses is one of those guys that when he died, the children of Israel set aside 40 days for mourning. And God said, it's okay, go ahead and mourn for what's happened. Mourn for the past, mourn for the loss of Moses. Go ahead and do your mourning and get it out of your system. But when the 40 days came to an end, God had a plan. Some of you today are in this house and there's some things that have happened in life. Maybe they've been good. Maybe they haven't been so good. But you've come to a place where you're kind of in neutral looking over your shoulder thinking, well, what do I do now? Where do I go? God wants you to know today it's okay to move forward. See, some of us have trouble with that. God wants us to know it's okay to move forward. Turn your shoulders away from the past, square up towards the future, look forward and start moving forward. Moses is dead. 
The 40 years in the wilderness, the time has come to an end. Joshua has already been prepared, but God spoke to him and said, Joshua, it's time to rise to your feet and get ready and lead my people into the promised land. So number one, as we talk about this today, as we move forward, there are five things in Joshua 1, these first nine verses that I think you really need to know. Number one, you need to know your mission. Know your mission. What's next in front of you? What has God set in front of you? See, through the years, I found out that too many Christians never stop to think about what does God have for me next? What does God want next? You know, we go to church on Sunday, we worship God. Oh, God, my future is in your hands. Oh, God, I trust you. And then we head off on Monday morning and we forget out of all, all about God until the next Sunday morning back to church. Oh, God, I love you and I put my future in your hands. We never stop sometimes to ask God the question, what's next for me? I mean, this scripture, this is chilling stuff. The great Moses, this great leader who was God's representative, he was God's voice, he's dead and gone. What's the nation going to do now? And God says to Joshua, don't wait, don't sit any longer. It's time to get up and go into the next season. Arise, go. Now, I've told you this before, but I love action movies. Anybody besides me like action movies? Now, we're all wired differently, I know that, but this is just a part of my hardwiring. Uh, you know, I don't go to movies much, Ann and I don't watch a lot of movies, and we don't go to movies much, but when I go to a movie, I want to see violence. <laughs> I want to see stuff blow up. I want loud noise. I want the bad guy to either go to jail or get killed, one of two things, and I want the good guy to walk away with blood on his face and smoke stains on his face, and he walks away carrying his big rifle, you know. I, I want to see that. If I don't see that, I want my money back, you know. <laughs> I like adventure movies. That's just how I'm wired. But here's the thing. You know, some of the movies I really like are the Mission Impossible movies. I really enjoy those. You know, they just take me out of, out of the real world for a while, and I just kind of live in this law-law place. They intrigue me. All the twists and turns, all the stuff getting blown up, and the bad guy always ending up in jail or dead. I love that kind of stuff. But here's the deal. One of the things that always happens in those Mission Impossible movies is you know, usually there's an adventure scene at the very front, and then all of a sudden, you know, Ethan Hunt is just going about his business, and suddenly he finds a little device, he gets alone, does something, flips the switch. You know, olden days, turned on the tape recorder, now it's different, you know, a different kind of device. Flips a switch, and all of a sudden this message comes on. Hello, Mr. Hunt. Your mission, should you decide to accept it, is da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then, of course, he always accepts the mission, even though sometimes he has to think it through. And he heads off into this next adventure. And, you know, I've often wondered, who leaves those recordings for him? How do they, how do they know where he's going to be at this restaurant and which table he's going to be at? And it's going to be taped underneath. How did, how, who does that stuff? They never show you that, but I always wonder, who does that? But, but here's the point I want to make. Before he takes off on his next adventure, he always knows what the mission is. As Christians, God wants us to go through life with a sense of mission. And when one season and one mission is over, we catch our breath, and then God says, your mission, should you decide to accept it, is. And we say, okay, I'm in. That's the way God wants us to live. God has an adventure for your life, and it may seem impossible, but that's usually how you know that God's involved in it. He's going to give you something to do where you have to depend upon Him to put His super on top of your natural so that you see Him do great things. And you know, God has a way of meeting us at His time, His place, and sharing His mission with us. The only question is, will you accept God's mission.
Now for Moses, it happened at a burning bush. For Joshua, evidently, he just began to hear the voice of God and God began to speak with him. In my lifetime, God has just spoke to me in a very quiet, still, small voice in my quiet times or sometimes even in church service in the middle of worship. But when God speaks, he says, are you in? Do you want this mission? Because this mission is for you. Friend, let me tell you something today. God has a mission set right in front of you. The question today is, will you accept the mission and do you know what? what your mission is. You don't want to go through life wondering and wandering. Stay close to God, maybe in a restaurant, maybe at work, maybe at home, maybe in your car, but all of a sudden you're going to run across that device and God knocks on your heart and says, here's your mission. Will you accept it? No, your mission. Stay close to God. He'll get the mission to you. Number two, look at verse three, verses three and four. The next thing that God says to Joshua is every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. Now, now pause here for a minute before we go to verse four. God gives him just a word of encouragement. And I, and I love it when you read it in context, especially. God says, it's almost a twist on words. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon. That's future tense. I've already given to you past tense. See, God says, I'm giving you a mission and I want you to know if you will step out by faith, if you will pursue that mission, every place you step, it's yours. I've already given it to you, but you won't know I've given it to you until you start taking those steps. And look at verse 4. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and of the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Now, now notice this. God says, Joshua, arise, go into the land. Every place you step on, I've already given you. But here's the boundaries. You can go this far here. You can go this far here. You can go this far here and this far here. North, south, east, and west. Here's the boundaries. In other words, Joshua, here's the land I'm giving to you. Here's your mission. But the mission has boundaries. Now, why is this important? The second thing you need to know is you need to know your boundaries. What has God called you to do? Oh, he's given me a mission. What if God had said to Joshua, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I've given to you. Well, you never know. Joshua may have taken off and decided, well, the, the boundaries of Israel need to go all the way to the North Pole and then all the way to the South Pole. And let's just take in Africa and South America, go back through North. No, God gave him boundaries. He said, here's your land. Here's your boundary. Here's the boundaries of your mission. Why is this important to us today? Boundaries help define the scope of the mission. If I don't have boundaries, I don't know where to start. And I don't know when I'm finished. God gave him boundaries. Here's the, the boundaries for the nation of Israel. I give this land to you. So go out and walk on it and possess it. Know your boundaries. Every place you walk in faith within these boundaries. I have given to you. You know, God gives us boundaries, I think, two main ways. There are different ways he, he can speak, but... Two main ways God gives us boundaries is one way through his word. I cannot tell you how many times in my life in moments of decision when one season was coming to an end and the next season was in front of me. When I was trying to seek God and say, God, OK, you've got a mission for me. You're saying to do this. Where do I go with this? I cannot tell you how many times I'd be reading in his word and the Holy Spirit would just lead me someplace and I'd start reading. And all of a sudden I get down about six verses and bam, it just jumps off the page. And God says, there it is. Here's some of your boundaries. Here's some of what I want you to do. You see, God's mission is specific for you. It's for the anointing and calling he puts upon your life. It's for the things he knows you can accomplish with his help. It fits you perfectly. It won't discourage you. It won't threaten you. It won't overwhelm you. But God says, here's the boundaries. I want you to know your boundaries so you have a lane in which you can run and you know you're in the right lane. God will speak through his word. He'll also speak by his Holy Spirit. 
Just that inner voice. He just speaks and you just know this is the Spirit of God speaking to me about what I need to do next. And the amazing thing, it's usually pretty simple. God said to Joshua, Joshua, here's the deal. You've mourned for 40 days. The season of mourning is over. The new season begins right now. Get to your feet. Arise, go in, take the people, and possess the land. Well, that's a big order, but it's pretty simple. Here's what you need to do. And then God begins to give him directions day by day by day. You see, some of us say, okay, God, give me the whole formula and the whole plan. And God says, you just do what I spoke to you to do. And once you've done that, I'll tell you what's next. Can, can I just give you a side note? No charge for this, okay? No extra in the offering for this, just a little side note. Some of you are wondering, well, when's God going to speak to me again? When you go back and do what he told you to do the last time. That's probably when he's going to speak to you next. And when you've done what he's already told you to do, then he shows you the next thing. See, Joshua could have said, well, I don't know how we're going to cut across the Jordan River. And God says, don't worry about that. I'll give you those instructions when we get there. Just get the people ready. Mobilize them to go in and possess the land. Let me throw one more thing in here real quickly. One of the greatest traps in fulfilling our missions and knowing our missions, knowing our boundaries, is that so many of us want to pick up somebody else's mission. So many pastors want to be like Pastor so-and-so. So I study his tapes and I study his teaching and I listen to what he says and I watch his television program and I get up on Sunday morning and I dress like him and I walk like him and I talk like him and I say exactly what he said and then I wonder why I don't have 20,000 people in my church. It's because that's not your mission. This is good this morning, whether you know it or not. I know good stuff when I hear it. And I know bad stuff. This is good. You need to know your mission. You need to know your boundaries. You need to be you, not somebody else. You need to do what God's called you to do, not what God's called somebody else to do. Don't be an imitation of somebody else. Be the best you that you can be with God's anointing on your life and go forward and go through all the boundaries and do everything God has called you to do. Stay in your lane. Know your boundaries. Number three, look at verse five. There's a lot in verse five. I'm going to read it slowly. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Number three, you need to know God's promises. As a matter of fact, let me say it this way. You better know God's promises. You better know because there are going to be challenges in the future. Because there's going to be resistance from the enemy. There might even be some resistance from people. We live in a society today that more and more is becoming anti-gospel, anti-message of Jesus. They're calling it a post-Christian society. West Coast, we're living in a mission field. And some of us expect everybody to just fall in line behind us. You know what? Some days there's going to be challenges. It's going to be a bit of a struggle at times. So you need to know the promises of God. So God prepares us for the future by giving us promises. See, when God, when God comforts your heart and God gives you promises, you know why he's doing it? He's doing it to prepare you, not just for the day, but for the days ahead. Now, there are three basic things that God said in this verse, and I think every believer needs to know this. If we set out to follow God and do what he's called us to do individually, number one, no man can ever stop us. No man can stop you. That means mankind, which means no woman can stop you. Now, I'm not trying to be smart. It's just some of you sitting there thinking, yeah, you don't know my wife. <laughs> yeah, I don't know her husband very well either. But I know one thing. If God calls you to do something, no human being can stop you from fulfilling God's plan for your life. The only one who can stop you is you. Turn to somebody and say, the only one who can stop you is you. Go and help me out a minute here. The only one who can stop you is you. 
No man can ever stop. Joshua, I don't care what king it is. I don't care what general it is. I don't care what city it is and what leadership group they have. I don't care what laws they pass. I'm telling you, you can go in and possess the land every place you walk. It is yours. Now, here's the boundaries. Go in and get it. I'm making these promises to you. Nobody can keep you from being successful in fulfilling this mission. Nobody. Nobody. New Testament even expands it. Nor principalities, nor powers, nor spiritual wickedness in high places, no schemes of the enemy. Satan himself cannot stop you if you are pursuing the things that God's called you to do. So don't be afraid of what people say. Don't be afraid of talk around you. Be diligent. Take it to God. Be Christ-like. Keep moving forward. But understand, nobody can stop you except you. Number two, the second thing he says, I will be faithful and dependable. God wants you to know today, if you pursue his future, he will be faithful and dependable. And the illustration he uses, he says, remember Moses? Moses is dead. Remember those 40 years? Remember all the amazing, remember how I fed everybody with manna and quail and water from the rock? Remember those? Remember how faithful I was with Moses? I'll be the same way with you. What God says is, look over your shoulder. Remember all the great things I've done? Those great things are not finished. I'll do new things in the future. I will still be God in your future. As faithful as I have been, I will continue to be because there are great things lying in front of you. That's the word. But he made it personal. As I was with Moses, oh, the great man of God, the great leader, the great lawgiver Moses. As I was with Moses in the same manner, the same measure, I will be with you. See, God wants you to understand it's personal. He will be faithful to you. He will be dependable to you. And the third thing he says, he says, I want you to know I'm never going to leave you and I'm never going to forsake you. Never. It may get tough, but I'm with you. See, see what what a lot of people don't understand is if you study Scripture, Scripture tells us that the Spirit of God goes before us. And because we don't always see His hand doesn't mean He's not there. The Spirit of God goes before us. He says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you and expect you to do this by yourself. I'm going to be right there the entire journey. We are going to do this together. So trust me. Now, why are these promises important? No man can stop you. I'll be faithful and dependable. I will never leave you, never forsake you. The reason he tells us that is he wants us to know right up front, yeah, there are going to be challenges. There may even be some battles to fight, but you are never going to stand alone, fight alone, face things alone. Even when you face angry, hateful people, do it with the love of Christ. And God says, I'm still going to be right there with you. Always, always. So know God's promises and don't let go of them. Hang on to them for the whole journey. Number four, look at verse number six. Verses six through eight, three verses. I want to read this section. Verse six, be strong and of good courage. Now notice it begins to shift here. He says, I want you to know your mission. I want you to know the boundaries. I want you to know my promises. But the fourth thing you need to know is you need to know what my instructions are for you. See, God gives us instructions right up front. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong of good courage. Be strong of good courage. I've been working for three weeks on two messages, and I couldn't decide which message to preach. Yesterday, all day, I was in turmoil. I couldn't decide which message to preach. Which pre I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'd already given the guys a topic, and they had it already all laid out. Finally, last night, about 6 o'clock, I just realized, you know what? It's probably not either one of these. So I just started praying for several minutes, and all of a sudden, I got to Joshua 1. The Lord spoke very clearly to me. This is the word for today. Now, I want you to hear this. 
If nothing else, there are some people in our church today who need to hear these words. Be strong of good courage. Be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. Be courageous. He goes on to say, For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Be strong because you will do this. Verse 7, he says, Only, only what? Be strong and very courageous. Okay, now he's going one step further. It's not just be courageous. You need to be very courageous. In other words, you need to set your heart. You need to set your mind. You need to realize it's going to take courage to do what God's called you to do. But God says you need to make up your mind that my strength will be there. So you're going to stand up and depend upon my strength. I'm going to give you the courage for this. But you've got to get to your feet and take your stand. Be very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left that you may prosper wherever you go. I'll come back to this in a minute. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. God's first instructions, okay? All right, God, I accept the mission. Okay, I understand the boundaries. You've made these promises. What's next? God says, here's your instructions. First instructions, be strong, be courageous. Can I be ornery for just 20 seconds? The reason some of us don't see God do great things is because we don't have the courage to take the first step. You take the first step, God shows up. You take the next step, God shows up. We got to have faith. We got to have the courage to take those steps of faith. He said, I'm calling you to do this, so be strong and courageous. Why? Because it's going to be a process. Everybody say process. Your mission is going to be a process, so be strong and courageous. God's second instructions are be strong and very courageous. Follow my instructions completely. What he's saying is don't get in the middle of this thing and then decide, well, you know what? I got a better idea. I think I'll do it this way. Has anybody ever done that? Have you ever done that? Oh, I'm going to do great things for God. And you took two steps and all of a sudden this thing comes along. God says, do this. And it's like, eh, I think it'd be better to do it this way. God says, no, be strong and courageous and do what I ask you to do. Listen to me. God says, that's where your success lies. Your success lies in obeying God and doing it his way. And then the third thing he says in verse 8 his third instructions are, think, speak, obey all of my word day and night. And you'll complete your mission. What he literally says in there is meditate. You know what it means to meditate? You know, for a lot of Christians, they think, oh, meditation, ooh, that's, that's some Eastern religion. Oh, my God, get the cross, get the cross. You know what the word meditate means in Scripture? It means to Think about something and just mutter it. Say it over and over and over and over and over again. Keep saying it. Keep thinking it. Keep believing it. Let that word work in you. God says, I'm putting my word in you. Take this word. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Just stay in my word and keep walking with me. If you'll do that, you'll complete your mission. Now, let me share this thought. Some of us, you know, we're, we're trying to walk with God, we're trying to serve God, we're trying to be the child of God, and we're moving along, and all of a sudden God drops this mission in front of us. It may be lifelong, it may be for a month, for a year, whatever. We may not even know the time frame, but God drops this mission in front of us and calls us to do it. And sometimes we get so caught up in the mission that we forget about the spiritual side of what God's called us to be. See, I, I, know, I know preachers, some of them with big ministries. You can't trust a word they say. They're in it for wrong reasons. They're in it to promote themselves and to make money. They're in it to get their faces up in front of people. There are people out there 
in the name of God, doing a lot of things on their own. Because they've forgotten about the importance of living in God's word and being what God called us to be ahead of doing what God's called us to do. Let me put it this way. When I was a young preacher, one day I was sitting at a breakfast table with several ministers. And of course, I was one of the two or three youngest people there, but there were probably 10 of us sitting around. And these older ministers began to just, you know, just share some nuggets of wisdom. One of the guys, fairly well-known guy, he looked at us and he said, I want to share something with you young preachers. He said, I want you to hear me today. He said, don't ever get so busy with the work that you forget about the walk. That's what God was saying to Joshua. Joshua, don't get so busy working, trying to be the leader, trying to be the man, trying to accomplish your mission that you forget about being the man of God that I've called you to be. Don't forget to walk with me and stay close to me. Keep your heart close to me. If your heart's close to God, everything else begins to fall into place. So number four, know God's instructions. And finally, number five, the last thing. Read, if you would, verse number nine. God sums up this conversation and says, okay, have I not commanded you? It's almost like God saying, okay, let, let me go through this one more time with you just to make sure you got it. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He just sums up what he said in the first verse, several verses before this. Notice, if you will, the strength. Read it slowly. The depth. Notice the reach and the power of God's instructions here. Notice what he's saying. Have I not commanded you? I didn't suggest this. I'm telling you, I need you to accomplish this. I've got this mission for you. I need you. But to be successful, don't forget these things that I just told you. The Lord says, if you will be strong, if you will be strong, if you will be courageous, if you'll take your steps of faith, trust God, you will overcome fear. You know what? It's natural to have concerns about the unknown. It's natural. It's human nature. When you don't know all the future, it's natural to have some apprehensions. The problem is if we don't put those apprehensions in God's hands, they can become fears. If they become fears, it will derail us and cause us to give up. God says, do not. Everybody say, do not. do not. I'm almost finished. God says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not. Be, don't let fear derail you. Instead, be strong of good courage. Don't accept fear. Don't embrace fear. Don't grab it and say, oh, this is mine. No, 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 no. You reject it and say, no, God's not giving me the spirit of fear. He's giving me power and love and a sound mind. I don't have to be afraid because I'm walking with God and God is with me. That's the stand I take. And then the second thing, he says, do not be dismayed. We don't use that word in English, but in the original writings, what it literally means is don't be broken down by violence, by confusion or by fear. What he says is, don't break down and don't give up. Instead, be courageous, be strong, trust God. You see, the enemy's goal is to break us down so that we give up. Why? That's his only hope. Because if we don't break down, if we don't give up and we keep walking with God, we're going to all accomplish the things that God has called us to do collectively and individually. His only hope is to break us down. So he'll throw circumstances at us, trying to get us to give up. One final little nugget. When I was a kid, probably 15, maybe 16 years old, it was a time in my life when God really began to deal with me about my life and what I was going to do with my life. It was a 
minister who visited our church and shared a message one Sunday, and he, he shared a thought that I, later on I found out it was an old, old thought that's been passed on for many years. And I put it in my own words. It's a little bit different than how he said it. But basically it's this. God's plans will never place me where his grace cannot keep me. Some of you are saying today, well, this whole idea of God having a mission for me, it's a little overwhelming. God's plans will never place you where his grace cannot keep you. I want to pray for you today. Bow your heads. Father, five simple things we've shared today, the last of which is don't forget what God has said. Don't forget. Remember what God has said. Father, today you've spoken to people all over this room. There are some people here who got direction for this day, for next week, next month, maybe even next year. I pray you'd take this word and work it through our hearts and through our spirits today and show us where it fits in our lives. God, I pray you would encourage people today. Encourage us, Father. Encourage us. Help us to know our mission. Help us to know our boundaries. Help us to know your promises. Help us to know your instructions. And help us to know and not forget what you've said to us in days gone by. God, strengthen us today. I pray that when people walk out of this building, they'll have one thing in their heart. I'm going to be strong. And I'm going to be courageous. And I'm going to do what God's called me to do. While heads are still bowed and eyes are closed, I want to pray one more brief prayer. But it's the most important prayer of the day. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've never opened your heart to God. Maybe you're not in relationship with God. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But you've listened to this today and you've realized, man, there's truth here. And I need to hear this. But at the same time, you realize that I don't really know God. Maybe right now the Spirit of God's knocking on the door of your heart. And God's saying, I want you to know me. I want you to be my child. But God can't finish the work he wants to do in your life unless you invite him in and answer his call. The way we do that is with our own words. We say, God, come into my life. We call it prayer, but it's just communication with God. I want to lead you in a prayer right now. I'm going to ask everybody in the room to pray it. It'll open your heart to God and give God a chance to work in your life. So just wrap your faith around these words. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I need you. I open my heart to you. I want to know you. Be my God. I want to be your child. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I choose Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I will learn your ways. I will follow you. I want you to be my God. So from this moment forward, you are my father. I am your child. Work in my life. I give it all to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, whether it's the first time you've ever prayed it or maybe you've just been the prodigal on the run, running from God, welcome home. Welcome to the family of God. Before you leave today, we'd love to give you a little booklet. It's our free gift to you. It's called The Next Seven Days. It's just information, simple reading to help you get started walking with God the next few days until we meet again. We want to give it to you. When service is over, there'll be prayer teams at the front of the building. Just walk up to one of these prayer teams. Say, hey, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you right there. If you've got questions, they can answer questions. If you've got a need and you want prayer for anything, come on forward. They can help you with that. If you're in a really big rush today, before you exit the building, right in the middle of the glass doors in the lobby where you exit, there's a counter set up there. Stop by there. Ask for the booklet. Please do this. We want to give it to you. No strings attached. Help you get started walking with God. God bless you today. Can we just put our hands together and welcome new believers into God's family? Can we thank, can we thank Pastor Gary for that message this morning? Everybody received some from that today? Awesome. 
Right now in our service, we're going to honor God by bringing our tithes and our offerings into his house. And before we do that, I just want to let you know there's a few different ways that you can give that will be up on the screen right now. Choose whatever is most convenient for you. If you're a guest with us today, thank you so much for being here again. Please be our guest. There's never any pressure or compulsion to give. But if you'd like to contribute today, we believe that God will bless your life for doing so. I just want to take a moment very quickly and just say thank you, number one, to everybody for your faithfulness and giving, for your generosity. Thank you so much for making a way, for being obedient, and for honoring God with the first fruits and with your finance. You know, as a church, we are able to do so much more when we are all in this together, doing our part to see to it that the gospel goes forward, that the message goes forward, and that God's church is going forward as well. This morning, Pastor Gary shared something uh, very specific that really hit home with me as I was thinking about this moment in our service. The fourth thing that he said was to remember God's instructions or know God's instructions. You know, when it comes to our giving, the highest reason that we give is just to honor God and to say thank you because he's been good to us. Is there anybody here that would just say, hey, God's been good to me? Has God been good to you? So our highest reason for giving is to honor him and to put him first. But another reason why we give is because we recognize that when we put him first, he pours out blessing into our lives. I don't know about you, but I want God to bless my life. But in order for me to receive God's blessing, I have to give him something to work with. And in this case, God has said, hey, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Honor me with offerings. Put seed in the ground and see if I won't be faithful to bring about a harvest in your life. And when we do that, we give God an opportunity. We give him something to work with to bring blessing into our lives. So one more time, I want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving, for your generosity. We are so incredibly grateful to be a part of a generous church. As we give this morning, our ushers are coming right now to receive our morning tithes and offerings. I would ask this morning if you would just hang tight till the end of service. That will really, really help our security and our ushers team. And as we give this morning, let's watch church news together. everyone and welcome to the bridge my name is Ashley and we want to thank you for being in church with us this morning we hope that you enjoy your morning and that you and your family feel right at home today it's already February and we're very excited about everything that 2020 has in store for us we hope that you'll be here for everything that's happening in the weeks ahead here's a look at what's coming up at the bridge bridge men is happening Tuesday evening at 6:30 here at the bridge this month, we're going to be talking about what it means to be a godly man in society, in our communities, how we can address the political issues of the day as Christians, and how we can maintain relationships with those around us. Doug McAllister has many years of experience in the political arena, and Doug and I are going to be both sharing about how we represent Christ to our world. So I want to encourage you to join us 6.30 Tuesday evening. We'll have some food. Then at 7 o'clock, our teaching and sharing time begins. It's going to be a great night. We will see you there. questions we are asked at the bridge is what kind of local outreach do we offer to our community every Sunday we give away free food and clothing to anyone in need no questions asked through our community care program if you or anyone you know is in need and can use some assistance with food or clothing our community care program exists for you distribution happens at 10:45 a.m. every Sunday morning in the back of our church building if you'd like to spread the word to someone you know who is in need, stop by the info center before you go and grab some of our community care cards. We want to do our best to help anyone in need here in the Temecula Valley. If you're new to the bridge and you want to find out how to get plugged in, we invite you to stop by the info center before you go today. Take a few minutes to come and say hi. Our team's there to help you find your place at the bridge. They can also answer any questions that you might have about the church. For general info, be sure to check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. You can also download the Bridge app. Just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app, to 77977. Thanks again for spending your morning with us. We love spending Sundays with you. 
Thanks for your patience. I think we're having some technical difficulties with our video this morning. But there is a lot of good stuff coming up in church, and I just want to remind everybody, this Tuesday, 9.30 a.m., Bridge Women right here at the church. And then Tuesday evening, Bridge Men as well at 6.30 p.m. It's going to be an awesome week, and we're excited about all that is ahead. And we want to let you out a little bit early today so that you can go out and find a connect group that makes sense for you. Take some time today to meet our group leaders, get acquainted, go through your connect guide and check that out and find a group that's convenient for you and your family. God bless you. We love you guys. Have an awesome Sunday and a great week. We'll see you next week. Super.